Welcome to Mrs. Flick's Picks, where busy moms can find the best books for their kids. Join me in my mission to cultivate children's moral imagination through good stories, beautifully written. Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome back to Mrs. Flick's Picks. I am Carrie Flick, and I am so excited to be back from Christmas break with you. It was a wonderful time to rest and, of course, read, and I'm really looking forward to diving in afresh with you this year. Also, it is giveaway time. One of you lucky people will be receiving a $50 gift card to Big Sky Life Books, which is a fantastic online bookseller that specializes in lovely, wholesome picture books. I absolutely love their selection, and they have a lot of my picks to choose from, but all of their books are excellent quality. In addition to that, I'll be sending you a copy of one of my favorite reads from 2023, but I'm going to keep the title a surprise until the next episode because I'll be featuring it as a pick. And finally, I will be sending you the best little book light. This bad boy has a built-in timer and runs off of a single AAA battery for something crazy like 25 hours. It has been a total game changer for my oldest reader and his nighttime reading, and I think that your kiddos will love it as well if you choose to share it with them. So to enter the giveaway, you will need to follow me on Instagram if you haven't already. That's at Mrs. Flick's Picks. Like the giveaway post and tag a friend. I'll be announcing the winners on January 28th, so you have plenty of time to get it done. Easy peasy. For today, just very briefly, I'd like to talk about books and sanctification. Which means, obviously, I need to share my red velvet cake story. Because if you all have been with me for a minute, you know that if there's anything I love other than books, it is food. And red velvet cake is right at the top of that favorite food list. Because of its gorgeous festive color, I usually make it at Christmas time. But here's my full confession. I've always made it from a box mix. I know. Shameful. But this year, however... I vowed I would put more effort into it and have a much tastier homemade from scratch dessert that I could really be proud of. Something, you know, to seriously up my domestic goddess street cred, if you will. And oh, the indignity. I will spare you the details, but let's just say the cake I produced lost any kitchen credibility I ever had. It turns out that just having the right ingredients, even in the right measurements, are not enough to produce a perfect culinary masterpiece. Even following a recipe doesn't magically give you success. Baking is complicated. Which brings us back to sanctification. In the past, many times I've talked about using good books to cultivate virtue in our children, or using good stories to train them up in godliness. But children aren't baked goods. There is no recipe or process to follow 
that guarantees godly young men and women. Good stories don't actually sanctify anyone. Only the Holy Spirit does that. So do I believe we should feed our kids the best that the literary world has to offer for their good and God's glory? Absolutely. But the minute I start to trust in my own efforts of good parenting or read-alouds or homeschool education, I've completely missed the mark. Read them the good books, but let God decide how he's going to use them in the long haul. All right, let's get to our picks. Uh, This week's theme is kind of silly, but I chose all mice stories. I I don't know. I love love a good mouse story. And there is something oddly comforting about miniature versions of domestic tableaus, especially in winter months. And the Brambley Hedge collection of stories by Jill Barklam is the very best of the miniature world. The hedge is a community of country mice that live in comfortably cramped homes inside tree trunks. Their lives are ordered around good food, good wine, and good stories, but they mostly focus on celebrating the glory of the common, a beautiful day, a new baby, a summer picnic. These are not great stories of noble sacrifice or brilliant acts of bravery, In fact, they usually don't address morality, per se, at all. But they are filled with page after page of loving your neighbor as yourself in the very basics of life and hospitality. The mice's provisions are communal ones, and there's not a closed fist among them. Their love language is potlucks, which, honestly, I can really get behind. There's strength in a community that feasts together. And these mice know feasting. And when a need arises of a more serious nature, such as when a young mouse gets lost in the woods, or a family of triplet babies needs a new home, the whole hedge pitches in to help. Your kids are going to spend hours poring over Barclum's illustrations of acorn mugs and tiny jars of candied violets. Every page is saturated with images of the very best sort of cramped coziness. Bookshelves and fires and baskets of wildflowers and dried lavender hanging from the ceiling. So when the February blues start to wear on your soul a bit, grab the kids and a big blanket and snuggle down into the world of Brambley Hedge. Next up, I have for you The Tale of Despero by Kate DiCamillo and illustrated by Timothy Basil Ehring. This isn't a picture book, but the illustrations are pretty prevalent, and they certainly contribute to the charming nature of the story. Little Despero is a highly unusual mouse, unfortunately born to a family with deep aversions to anything unusual at all. His body is much too small, shockingly small, His ears are much too big, scandalously big, and, horror of horrors, he is born with his eyes open. As Despero grows older, his idiosyncrasies only increase. Instead of hiding in darkness, 
he is attracted to the sunlight. Instead of eating pages of books, he learns to read them. And when he reads, he catches glimpses of a whole new world of true love and honor, a world where knights gladly risk their lives to defend a woman of grace and beauty, a world where good rises to the challenge to defeat evil and does because good always wins in the end. But Despero can little guess how soon he himself will have an opportunity to declare his own love for a beautiful little princess, and how soon his high ideals of courage and endurance under immense fear will be put to the test. Because unbeknownst to almost everyone in the castle, there is indeed an evil presence lurking in the depths of the dungeon, and it is hungry for power and revenge. Can a tinier-than-average mouse with romantic inclinations save the day? Or will he die in the attempt? Well, you know I'm a sucker for happy endings, so I'll leave it there. But you really should get the book and read all the wonderful details for yourself. Now, I will say, like most of DiCamillo's books, this one has a truly tragic couple of characters, one of which is a young girl who is sold by her father into slavery and is brutally physically abused. The descriptions of her treatment are not graphic, but they are very poignant. If you have sensitive children, you might want to pre-read those sections, but they are a core part of the story. So keeping that in mind, I generally recommend this one for ages 7 and up. And last up, I have for you Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim by Robert C. O'Brien. Mrs. Frisbee is a widowed mouse and mother to three children. When her youngest child grows deathly ill and she faces the threat of a farmer's tractor destroying her home, Mrs. Frisbee has a terrible choice to make. Either move her family from their winter home, which would lead to her sick child's death, or remain in their house and face certain demise together. But from one act of brave kindness, Mrs. Frisbee makes friends with a local crow, who counsels her to seek advice from the unlikeliest of sources for a mouse, an owl. Driven by sheer desperation, Mrs. Frisbee musters her courage and makes the journey to this perilous source of wisdom. But the ensuing conversation between Mouse and Owl leads Mrs. Frisbee to discover that her deceased husband was not all that she thought. And there is a community of incredibly unique rats that owed her husband a debt. If Mrs. Frisbee is to save herself, her children, and her home, her house must be moved. And these rats, with a very particular set of skills might, just might, be able to do it for her. I've read this story aloud twice to fifth graders, and it was a big hit with both boys and girls. There's a sweet domestic theme of motherhood and all that a mother will risk for her children, but the novel is more largely a science fiction story with themes of the ethics of research and development, personal autonomy, and moral systems of government. It's an easy read aloud because of the minimal dialogue, 
but either way, very enjoyable. It's probably best suited for ages eight and up. And that wraps up this week's picks. Be sure to enter the Instagram giveaway and tell your friends. And until next time, happy reading.